Hey, it's the Body Bishops. Alright, Alan. Hey, man. Got a new massage gun, don't you? <laughs> it's good. It's good for the calves for the running. Yeah. Before I got it for a early Valentine's Day present for me. Yeah. So, for my yeah, calves. Good, because I remember when I was training um, for my for my half marathon, which I could never do that now. But um, I remember just the overall just general soreness from muscles that you didn't even yeah. expect ever yeah. you didn't even know were there yep it's <laughs> mental man your hips your the lower back like it's yeah. all affected by the running yeah. yeah and then one thing that I've I've found with like uh, injuries and soreness and I've mentioned this before but like um, when you start favoring one side of your body the other side gets affected mm-hmm. um, adversely as well so yeah I've been... which leads us to gospel community doesn't it <laughs> apparently <laughs> Uh, so we're <laughs> there. We go. It was seamless that time. <laughs> we're in a first. We're going to start First Peter today. So we've finished James up recently. We haven't got much to do actually. We got First Peter, Second Peter, and John. Yeah, nine epistles. John's and Jude and Jude. Yeah, we're in Revelation. We'll be finished with this series, which has been a. I love this series. To be honest, mm. I think it's been good for me. Good for the church. I think the church has enjoyed it. It's so. Stuff like this is so affirming. You know what I mean? It it is genuinely so affirming. Yeah, I mean, we kind of like as you and I were discussing before this series. It was like I think it talks about this a lot. The one about mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the New Testament, and what we find is we've done every single epistle. It's like oh, real, like it really, <clears throat> really does. It's yeah. not just talking about it a lot. It's actually mm-hmm. emphasizing a lot, and that's been something I've learned as I've done this series. Like that, it's not just. Uh, like a, a secondary mention. It's like this is this is everything. It's the emphasis. Yeah. 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 So big stuff. Mm. Um so yeah, what's the context for First Peter? Um well he's writing to groups of Christians across uh Asia Minor. That's modern day Turkey, isn't it, basically? Mm. And uh they're beginning to face marginalization and social persecution. It's not yet manifested itself in government sanctioned persecution. Um, but, but they're experiencing it on a social level. So Peter is telling them how to live like the gospel is true in the middle of all this. Yeah. So the, the, the beginnings of like suffering's taking place, isn't it? They're being ostracized. Um, Christian slaves are being treated certain ways by their masters because of their faith. Mm-hmm. Christian wives are being treated negatively by their non-Christian husbands. Um, society, there's there's rumors spread and there's lies being told about Christians. Mm. Um, so yeah, like government sanctioned stuff hasn't happened yet, but they're still feeling persecution. And yet, and it's just amazing that mm. Peter would write into that group of people yeah. and have so much to say about like how to live like the gospel is true in the midst of all of that. Yeah, it, it, essentially, I think the question is how how do I live a genuinely how do I live in a genuinely caring way around my brothers and sisters amid a culture of aggression yeah yeah so i mean peter has a lot to say here it's five five chapters um but some what we saw because we're just in chapter one to three today and what we really saw was peter has a lot to say about how we treat one another and then how do we treat those who persecute us yeah now because of the series that we're doing which is gospel community we're not actually going to spend time looking at 
that second one about how we treat people who persecute us. Yeah. But I was telling the home group I was at last Wednesday, like it, first Peter is the letter for this generation, mm. you know, because we're not being government sanctioned persecution. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely that we're being marginalized. You know, it's <laughs> it's looked down upon, and um, we're definitely not sort of like the, the the views and the positions that we take on moral things are no longer the stuff of the world. So, mm. like First Peter is the letter of mm. our time, I think. Mm. Big stuff. Mm. I, I love how um, one Peter does what we've been trying to do in every single epistle, every epistle that we've seen does. And we've talked about this progression, haven't we? That gospel truths leads to gospel identity, which leads to gospel practice, which leads to gospel community, which is where we, we end in our series every every week. We land there every week as we go through these epistles. But um, but 1 Peter begins with looking at the first two um, together, and that's what we want to look at, gospel truth and gospel identity. And and basically, verses 2 to 5, um, we, we see a lot of gospel truth and gospel identity in that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So... For the sake of time, we are known by God in verse 2. We're set apart by him. We're covered by the blood of Christ. And uh, I love verse 3 to 5, some of my favorite verses. You know, we're, our our, our um, inheritance is kept in heaven, mm. and then we are being kept in <clears throat> our inheritance. So it's like we're we're doubly secure in, in, in Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that's verse 3, to, that's verse 2 to 5, really. Mm. This beautiful stuff about who we are because of Jesus. Yeah, and then you get toward the end of the chapter, and um, we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, and given faith through Christ's uh, resurrection, which is which is stunningly beautiful truths to meditate on. And that theme of gospel truth, I mean, it it, it carries on; it's interwoven into this as the, the foundation for everything we're going to look at. But mm-hmm. in verses uh, four to five of chapter two, we see that we are living stones. Yeah. Um, verses nine to to ten, we are we are uh, royal priests. So this okay. this beautiful reminder that we are um, uniquely created in Christ Jesus to be, as it says, living stones of a spiritual house. Um, so we're saying we, as members of the family of God, are like individual stones of a building. Yeah. So no longer, just like in the Old Testament, the house of God was was the temple. Yeah. Right. But now, as individual stones yeah. of the building of God, of the temple of God. We are the temple of yeah. God ourselves. We're the house of God. Yeah. Because God dwells in us. So that building that we meet at in Heron Cross on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. that's not the house of God. That's a building. That's it. Um yeah. You and I, as we gather together in that building, are the house of God. Yeah. Um together. The house of God is meeting in that building. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean it sounds like it's just a nuance, but I think it's vital to keep remember remembering that stuff and keep course keep, yeah. keep saying it over and over. Yeah. Um so that this then is going to impact our gospel practice and community. Mm. Um the first one we're gonna look at, so we're looking at first Peter chapter one to three and just looking at some verses in each one. Verse twenty two is amazing of chapter one. It's in, it says, since you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we, yeah, we're running through first Peter. It's not, we're not taking apart every verse, but no, no. In verse 13, um, he tells us to live alert and sober lives. In mm-hmm. verse 14, he tells us to 
live a life of obedience and wisdom. In verse 15 to 16, he tells us to live a life of holiness. In verse 17, a life of reverent fear because mm-hmm. God's working in us and we're called to work this out of us as we yield to that work. Yeah. And then we ask the question, well, what does that look like? What does it look like to live a life that's alert, sober, obedient, wise, holy, and reverent? And we get the answer in verse 22. Yeah. And it's it's really three words that we can really draw out of it, which is sincere, fervent, and and pure. Um, and this is, this is how our love for one another is defined. Yeah. By sincerity, um, ferventness is fervent. Fervent. Fervency. Fervency. Impurity. <laughs> uh, Pure affinity. <laughs> uh, so sincere. Sincere means to be genuine, not pretend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fervent, intently, abundantly, eagerly, splendidly, which is a nice um, yeah. definition of that. Splendid love. Splendid love for each other. And then pure, which means kind of clean, righteous, uh, innocence. And I think in, in interwoven into kind of that word is the idea of no ulterior motives in yeah, what yeah. we do. So you just so try come back a little bit. So what does it look like to live a life that's alert, sober, obedient, wise, holy, and reverent? And the answer is sincere, fervent, pure love for one another. Yeah. Um. So again, and then I love verse 22. It says, it's basically telling us in verse 22 that one of the primary reasons God saved us is so that we would love one another. Yeah. Yes. That's how not on the fringe this idea of mm. one another in gospel community is. It's like one of the reasons you were saved by this by by the gospel and the mm. spirit has come into your life and purified you is so that you'll love one another. Mm. But but there's a beautiful reminder after after all that kind of before and after all this, because of let's let's just kinda of like maybe backtrack to gospel truth and gospel identity for a minute. We are known, set apart, covered, saved, safe, pre- by the precious blood of Christ, covered by the precious blood of Christ. We are living stones. We are royal priests. And none of that is true because of anything that we've done yeah. or are able to do. Yeah. And we get to this and we say, God is calling us to a sincere, fervent, pure love for one another. And we have to confess that we can only do that as the Holy Spirit works in us. Yeah. Um, so as we obey the truth through the Holy Spirit, he produces this work in us. Yeah, because verse 23 goes on to say about this seed that's been planted in us, the mm. word of God, the gospel has been planted in our hearts um, and that's going to grow mm. by the spirit. It's the outgrowth of the gospel. Is yeah, yeah. into a tree that bears the fruit of mm. love for one another. So again, First Peter 1 is telling us we have been saved by Christ so that we will love one another sincerely, fervently, and purely while uh, as the holy spirit works that in us mm. so there you go. Very good. um and then we get over to chapter two yeah go for it <laughs> i thought you were about to turn <laughs> off this sorry <laughs> we can cut that out <laughs> um yeah one peter chapter two verses 16 and, and 17 is, is really the place to start as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, and I, and I don't think that we need to, to 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 stay on this very long. But it's 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 a beautiful um, teaching. We're, we're we're set free, and sometimes we we can view our freedom in Christ as an excuse to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. When we're in the flesh, we can weaponize our freedom in Christ yeah. for the wrong reasons, and, and of course we can we could double down in in Galatians chapter five verse thirteen. 
It says we've been called to liberty, but don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Yeah. But through love, serve one another. Yeah. And uh, th- there's a song. There's a song that I that I that I love, and and the li- the lyrics in it is, "It's only in surrender that I'm truly free. Mm. It's only in surrender that I'm truly free." That's so, um, yeah, we're set free from our sinfulness so that we can live for God. Yeah. And then Jesus says that in John 8, that those who are my followers will be truly set free. You know, and John 8 is like, what does it mean to be his, his follower? Well, it means to submit to him, to submit to his teachings and his life. Um, so, yeah, so we've been set free. Uh, and then, you know, when Peter says, live as a servant of God, so you're free, live as a servant of God. He thinks of four things that can look like in the context of, you know, life as a human being in, in a in society. And he says, honor all people, so treat them with value and high esteem. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Mm-hmm. So again, inside one of, you know, the, these four things that we have that Peter says, live like you're free, but also a servant of God, love the brotherhood is one of those. Mm-hmm. So love the brotherhood. Um it's that affectionate, sacrificial, unconditional love towards our brothers and sisters. That's it. Yeah, and we're yeah. called to that you know, mm. over and over again, every epistle so far. And here we are once again, love the brotherhood. That's how to live like it's true, that you're a free slave of Christ. Mm. As, as spiritual brothers and sisters, we're, we're meant to live the way that family, a loving family is supposed to live among one another. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uncon- unconditional love, sacrificial love, affectional love. Yeah. Yeah. So chapter one, what does it look like to live for God um, in this alert, sober, wise, holy way? Love your brothers and sisters. Here we see what does it look like to live like you're free and a servant of God? Love your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So it just it's a constant theme that we're going to keep seeing. Mm-hmm. So that's First Peter 2. We get over then to chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And we were going to start, start at verse 8, but we noticed something in verse 7 that we thought would be worth talking about mm. in the context of gospel community. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. We, we really want to harp on our wives for, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, husbands, likewise, this is verse seven of chapter three. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, the weaker vessel, and as, by, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Yeah. So, you know, this verse has caused some controversy. Um, there's different interpretations of the idea of weaker vessel. And the one I personally prefer, uh, and I think I, I go along with, is the idea that um, back then in that day, the husband had all the rights and the and the wife did not have the same rights, legally speaking. This is speaking into that context. And that's the context, yeah. right? So she didn't have the same legal rights as he did. Mm-hmm. And what... And what Peter's doing is he's lifting up mm. the wife and saying, now that she's your sister in Christ, mm. she's your co-heir, she's your equal, yeah. and you treat her as your sister. Yeah, absolutely. But how does that speak into gospel community then? Well, it shows us that gospel community, um, it's it starts at home, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, we if, if, if we come to church, that's the only place that we practice gospel community, and when in fact we live in a home with other believers in Jesus as well. Um, and we don't read them like dirt all week that's right, until we see our other yeah. Christian friends. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? Why are you coming? Why are you coming? As it were, amongst your your brothers and sisters, your spiritual family there, and neglecting your family um, at home. It's it's how we treat one another at home, and in our closest relationships. Um, th- that really shows our our view of Christ and our view of the gospel. Yeah. 
So, I mean, like primarily this is saying husbands treat your wives as a joint heir of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says how you treat her is directly connected to the health of your spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Yeah, yeah. Or hence that in verse seven. But if we zoomed out of that specific application and said, this is going to be true of all of us. So mm-hmm. wives, how we treat our, how you treat your husbands, husbands, how you treat your wives, parents, how you treat your children, children, how you treat your parents, siblings, how you treat one another. Mm-hmm. So this is, that that should all be impacted and influenced by the truths that we're seeing in gospel community. So here's an alarming truth, right? Um, Vic- Victoria is your wife. That's not alarming. I know that already. Okay. <laughs> but, Vic- <laughs> <laughs> but Victoria is your sister. Yeah. yeah she's my sister. Now that, that complicates things if we're talking about, you know, like. Yeah. Spiritually. Carnally speaking. <laughs> spiritually speaking. she Like she's your wife, but she's your sister. Yeah. Yeah. And before she is your wife, before you treat her as your wife, yeah. um, treat her as a joint heir of grace with you. Yeah. And it's beautiful, man. It says giving honor to the wife. And again, it means to value her. In a, in a, in a system back then where she didn't have the same rights, it's saying value mm. her and treat her like she does. We lift her up. And so that's how we treat one another in at home. A, a life that's infused with gospel community when it walks into the home treats his wife that way her husband her husband mm-hmm. that way the kids that way the siblings that way your parents that way if we don't if, like we're saying if we're if we if we uh, like but for like this when we gather together with the church family kind and warm and endearing and then we get together with our family and we're like mm-hmm. grumpy and yeah and, and, and push right. and snappy and slamming doors and mm-hmm. demand our own way all the time mm-hmm. there's a word for that the bible likes to use it's called hypocrisy yeah yeah you know? and and that's not then a life of integrity which christ is calling us to no, and, and I guess we we can say that in moments like that, we've lost our grip on the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, we're holding on to the gospel as we're around our brothers and sisters at, at church or, or wherever we're at meeting with them. Yeah. We're doing this gospel community thing and then we get home and suddenly it's like, all right, I want to put the gospel over here for a yeah. bit and yeah. grumble that my yeah. sons or my wife or whatever. So we want a life of integrity. The word integrity is the idea of completion or wholeness. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you're you're the same as you are, consistent. You're the same as you are, home as you are, church, uh, or with the church. And so, but like it, it is easier, if you think about it, it's easier to treat people that you see once every now and then uh, this way yeah, than it is to treat your wife this way because you're with yeah. your wife all the time. Life is messy. And you, yeah. can, you can be your real self towards her. Yeah. And she'll just accept it. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, not accept it, but she has to. She married you. She's, yeah, live she's with it. it. Yeah, live with it. Um, and so we can get away with it more. But Peter's yeah. calling us to something higher than just getting away with our bad behavior. No, that's right. Yeah. Calling us to bring gospel community into home. So, and, and the alarming thing is, uh, here's another alarming thing. How, how we treat our spouses or how we treat our family at home has a direct connection to my personal spiritual health. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, your that your prayers may not be hindered. Yeah. So this, there's, there's, we have more skin in this game yeah. than just like this is what it says in the Bible. So he's saying your prayers will be hindered. Yeah. Because if you think like chapter one says, the one of the reasons you're saved is to sincerely love your brothers and sisters. And if it's true that my wife, who's a Christian, isn't mm-hmm. my sister, and I don't treat her that way, and I'm not living out one of the reasons, primary reasons I've been saved by Christ. So yeah, it's just crazy to think. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, we want we want integrity. We want to be praying that this would enter into the homes of Blurton Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and not just when we gather together on Sunday mornings, yeah, or Wednesday nights, or whatever we are together for coffees. But in in our, 
you know, when the, when it's the two of us or the five of you as a family in the car on the way, mm. when you're going for a walk, when you're at home together, that this these truths we've been looking at from all throughout this series would, would be real at home as well. Verse 8 is our final verse. It says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. I love what Spurgeon said. He, he said, A Christian ought to be a comforter with kind words on his lips and sympathy in his heart. Yeah. And that's essentially what, what Paul is leading us to, this this idea of being of one mind first, which... um. What, what, what do you think Paul's getting at when he says, be of one mind? Yeah. Peter also talks about being of one mind. Oh, Peter. Sorry. No, 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 it's not Paul. <laughs> uh, this is not one Paul, is it? It's one Peter. So it's unity of purpose. One mind means unity of purpose. It's not uniformity. We're all different. That's what's beautiful. Um, I got a message from someone the other day saying it's so good to see people from all walks of life come together for the same reason. Mm. And the same reason was Jesus in this gospel. Mm. So it's that unity of purpose even though we're all different, we share, we have different ideas, different hobbies, different interests, different opinions at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we share values and we proclaim the same gospel and we're devoted to the same Christ. Yeah. So the yeah. things that unite us as Christians mm-hmm. are far greater than the things that could actually mm-hmm. divide us when it comes to our interests and differences. This is not too, something that two blokes usually uh, talk about, but um, I'm reading through the Jane Austen novels. At the moment. confession time, but, but you didn't tell me this. <laughs> and I was I was reading through. Uh, she said, "This is alarming. <laughs> this is a this is alarming." Um, I'm reading through *Sense and Sensibility*. Oh, okay. yeah. and um, and Mary Marianne, I think is is the name Mary. I can't look <laughs> she, she she's talking she's talking about her her sister's fiance, and there's this total misconception about what love is hmm. because she says, "I could never," and I'm paraphrasing, of course. But I could like your <laughs> quote directly. Wow, he's love quotation. Um, I, I do I do like it. Honestly. Sorry, yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, she she says something to the effect of I could I could never imagine marrying someone that did not agree with me in every aspect of life. Wow. She's talking about this fiance, and he he is not into art like her sister is. Right. She's like, oh, our sisters, me and my sister were so close, and we do life. I know what she likes, and. She could never marry this man. I could never marry anyone that doesn't see eye to eye on every view like I do. Yeah. And that, but that's not what we're being called to here when it says be of one mind. That's the beauty. So, yeah, I mean, you and I have different theological positions Mm -hmm. on some, some issues, um, different ideas about, about things, different preferences. And yet we are, we're called to, to treat each other like brothers and call to that unity with one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, because those things are, are small in comparison to the stuff that actually causes the other. Yeah. Yeah. So then he says, having not just one mind, but having compassion for one another. Yeah. So this word compassion, um, and I love, I think the definition was kindred feelings, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Kindred feelings. So the idea is, um, and I've used this definition before and I like it and I think it communicates what's being said here is your hurt in my heart, which leads to the second point um, after this as well. But it means, for example, um, rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah. Weep with those who weep. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel what they feel. Yeah. You, you try to enter in. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you when you hear about someone in the church family going through something difficult, it's not just like, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, like you th- send a little prayer emoji or something, mm-hmm. but it's like you 
our call then to enter into that with them and feel yeah. that fe- try to try to feel that feeling mm. with them yeah um so, so them, yeah. alan alan campbell is not suffering blurton baptist church is suffering right you know what i mean alan campbell is not rejoicing and on cloud nine about god's faithfulness blurton baptist church is rejoicing and on cloud nine about god's faithfulness so it's as you as you suffer i'm coming alongside of you in brotherly love and I'm with you in your suffering. Yeah. And I'm touched by your suffering. Mm-hmm. And when you when you're rejoicing and you're you're praising God and you're you're in a good place mentally, mm-hmm. then I'm right alongside of you, rejoicing yeah. with you. Yeah. So that's what we're called to. Um again, finally all so finally that word finally is like to summarize what I've been <clears throat> teaching so far. Mm-hmm. To sum it all up, be of one mind and have compassion for one another. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm affected by your feelings and mm-hmm. I can feel those feelings with you um, is, is is the idea of compassion here. It's beautiful to think about. It's not just this passive thing, you know, thoughts yeah. and prayers. Yes. Yeah. Entering in and mm-hmm. that, that's really significant. It's what Christ did for us. Yeah. And, and again, there's uh, there's with, with the next one, brotherly love. Yeah. There's this, there's this implied um, familial aspect of it in terms of ones that you're doing life with. So there's a lot of gospel community in this in this in this epistle but the fact that the word brother is being used over and over and over again mm-hmm. calling us to a familial affection and a fam- familial love as you mentioned a moment ago the reason that it's so messy with our husbands and our wives and our sons and our and our parents it is because we see them most frequently yeah but it means that i have more opportunities <laughs> to give the gospel to them as well yeah. so there's this there's this element of affectionate warm familial love for one another yeah yeah, so that's brotherly love, and then it comes to tenderhearted, um, which is similar to the idea of compassion, but it's it's a, it's a, it's that that pain for you. I fully care for you. I'm entering into that with you. My stomach's churning, but then what comes out of me as a result is deep generosity. Mm, yeah. So so it's not just feeling it with you. It's I'm going to then do something about it, and mm. what comes out of me is deep generosity for you. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be there for you. I'm gonna. What do you need? What like? What can I do? What What, what does this person need? What do they? Mm. You know, mm. um, how can I be for that? There for that person going through this. I think yeah. that's perhaps the connection between compassion and tenderhearted, isn't it? Is compassion is is feeling, and then tenderhearted is feeling and giving. Yeah, it opens it up the heart. Yeah. So I'm feeling it, but I can also help this person. Yeah, so I'm gonna actually do that. Mm. Um, and then it opens up that. So it's very uh, good. And then finally, courteous, which is mm. to be friendly, kind, humble, lowly, and meek. Mm. To be courteous towards one another. It's it's something to strive for. And and be honest with you, when when we when we finished looking at this in our in our uh, home groups not long ago, um, we just had a testimony time with mm. one another mm. about how we have seen this type of stuff in the church, mm. and it's wonderful. Um, everything from someone giving. A lift to someone mm-hmm. when unexpectedly, mm-hmm. which which is great, you know. Yeah. But that, but even yeah. even that is like I'm opening my heart to you and I'm being courteous. Yeah. Um, but we 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 said what a lovely thing God is doing in the church. Yeah. What a lovely thing that we are all both participants and observers of. Mm-hmm. But is there a way for us to go deeper mm-hmm. into this thing? Mm-hmm. And I just gave the analogy of, um, you know, like a, like a well. I know where Amanda grew up, um, it's like farm country. 
So there's like hundreds and hundreds of acres on each farm. So there's no like flowing city water or anything like that. Mm. Uh, so people are digging their own wells and getting their primarily getting their waters from from well water. Mm. And if if you don't dig a well deep enough, you get you get an initial um, you get an initial water, right? Yeah. And you, you benefit from that initially. And if but if you haven't if you haven't dig deep enough, then eventually that well might collapse. Okay. So what we what we were saying in our home group is let's dig deeper yeah. into this. Yeah. Let's tap even deeper into this. It's been wonderful and we're we're experiencing just some beautiful, absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. gospel community mm-hmm. in our church. Mm-hmm. But uh let's let's go deeper into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the Paul said that in Thessalonians, didn't he? He said, you've, it's, it's all over, guys. We're hearing about it everywhere we go, but abound all the more. Keep, keep growing it, keep growing it. You can't, you're, you're, there's so much, there's more to go. There's mm. deeper down to go, further up and further in. That's um, and so we, yeah, we want to grow in this more and more. And, I, and what that takes then is for each individual of the church to say, I want to, I want to more and more um, get into, not, not do this more and more, mm. but, what what we've been trying to emphasize i want to get into the gospel more mm-hmm. i want it to affect my heart more i want the identity that jesus has given me to go deeper and deeper and really mm-hmm. um like impact my 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 love for others let the spirit of god work in me mm-hmm. and then as a result more and more of this for one another yeah so yeah god by god's grace it'll be so won't it but yeah yeah can't do it on our own no so that is First Peter one to three. Every chapter has something about loving our brothers and sisters. And then God will next time we'll finish First Peter. I think. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get it okay? That sounds great. Let's go.